Uh, we're taping this on Saturday morning. Uh, that's what we normally do. And so I'm guessing, like many of you, uh, I was up last night watching as anger over the murder of George Floyd spilled into the streets of Des Moines and other cities around our country. And I prayed and wept. And like many of you, I was horrified at the cell phone cameras and the ways they unveiled systemic racism that our sisters and brothers of color endure. And then, of course, we crossed. We crossed the line of 100,000 deaths since early February, four months. When you stop and think about the catastrophic loss that means. It's more than we lost in Vietnam and the Korean War combined. And somehow I fear I and we are getting numb even to that reality. It's just numbers now. Only it's not numbers for our brothers and sisters who are from Asia, who have seen increased violence against them. Our economy is still heaving. Our businesses and families alike are struggling with difficult decisions and how to walk in this season. And maybe worst of all, all of it's been politicized and weaponized. I think our capacity to dehumanize and degrade each other keeps hitting all-time lows. And I don't know about you, but I found myself this week feeling helpless and hopeless and asking, God, does it have to be like this? We are at our worst selves. And I know that people keep throwing around the word unprecedented, but I actually think if we step back and look at history, or if even we would talk to the Apostle Paul today, he might not be shocked. I want you to open your Bible, if you would, with me, if you have it. If you don't, just listen to Galatians 5. See, we're going to talk this morning about the fruits of the Spirit. We're beginning a new series, but to talk about the fruits of the Spirit, I think we have to step back a minute and talk about what it means to choose them. So Galatians 5 is written to a region. It's a little bit different than other New Testament books that were written to particular churches. This is written to a whole group of churches in a particular area, and they are heaving with conflict. The body of Christ in that time is at war over legalism and lawlessness. They're judging each other, attacking each other, and Paul is full of passion and anger because he sees the ways that faith and unity are being compromised. And the first four books of this, uh, first four chapters of this book, uh, he cannot overstate that salvation is not earned. Jesus has set you free from guilt and shame and sin, and you do not have to earn God's love. I think it's important to say that because what we're going to do now is turn to a, a shift in the book. So I want you to first begin reading at verse 13 with me. 
where Paul says, you, my sisters and brothers, were called to be free. But do not use your freedom to indulge the sinful nature or the flesh, some, uh, some translations use. Rather, serve one another in love. The entire law is summed up in a single commandment. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you keep on biting and devouring each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. Now, Paul shifts. He says very clearly, you can't earn your salvation, can't earn grace. However, he here now says, but once you've received it, you have to decide how you will live in response to grace. And he says, we have a fundamental choice. We can serve our own selves. That's what he means when he talks about the flesh or our sinful desires. Or we can serve each other in love. How will we use that freedom that we have gained from sin and shame? Will we use it to attack and to gratify our sinful impulses? Or will we lay our lives down in love? And Paul warns us, he says, be careful because if you lean back into the sinful, selfish desires, you will destroy each other. In fact, there's a word in this first couple of verses. He says, do not use your freedom to indulge the sinful nature. That word indulge is sort of interesting. In the original language, because the Bible isn't written in English, it was written in Greek. That word means, it's actually a base of operations. It has kind of a military sense to it. It's a base where you would ship out supplies for initiatives. So in other words, Paul is saying, don't use yourself as your base of operations. That thing which supplies your energy and your initiative outward. Instead, he calls us to be grounded in the spirit. But he goes on in verse 16 to talk about the contrast of that. So I want to read a couple more verses. He says, so I say live by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the spirit and the spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other so that you do not do what you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now, one of the things I think that is important here that Paul starts to say is that it is not possible for these two ways of walking and living to be together. They are in conflict with each other. They are opposed in their nature to one another. And so he says... You can't indulge this side, the sinful nature, the impulses. You have to lean into the love of God and love of neighbor. It's an active reality. How can you tell which one is your base of operation? Well, Paul goes on to say it's pretty obvious. See, when I was growing up, I used to think that it was, you could tell because you had the right theology or you went to church a lot 
or maybe because you could memorize different sections of scripture. But Paul says, nope, nope. The acts of the sinful nature are obvious. And now he lists them. And as I read them, I want you to think about what is happening in our culture today. The acts of the sinful nature are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, and debauchery, idolatry, and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissension, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. That's quite a list. You know, I like how Eugene Peterson says it. He oftentimes captures things in ways that I think are closer to how we experience language. He says, it's obvious what kind of life develops out of trying to get your own way all the time. Repetitive, loveless, cheap sex, a stinking accumulation of mental and emotional garbage, frenzied and joyless grabs for happiness, trinket gods, magic show religion, paranoid loneliness, cutthroat competition, all-consuming yet never satisfied wants, a brutal temper, kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen.